0: Town Bank Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS number 512-138. This is not a commitment to lend. Welcome, everyone, to the February edition of Wilmington's Mortgage News. With me, I am your host, Tyler Crawley. And with me, as always, is the uh, sales manager here at Town Bank Mortgage, Wilmington, or Southeastern North Carolina, David Massione. And David, as always, thanks for being here. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me. So hey, as everybody. always, we got to go through compliance. So my uh, NMLS number is 202-8201. And David's number is 11 So David, February has been a very interesting month. And so it's it's almost like a story. So we're going to start at the beginning. And that would be the beginning of the month. We had the Fed meeting, which was at the ending of January, beginning of February, and they did exactly what everyone knew they were going to do. It was a quarter point increase. Jerome Powell said, we're not going to stop rate hikes anytime soon. We're staying the course. It was everyone knew he was going to say it. And for some reason, the market reacted like he was overly optimistic and that rate hikes were going to end and we might even see rate cuts. And it just it was a very bizarre reaction i remember you saying like this is just weird it was, it was weird what happened immediately following that at least the next two days
1: well the rate hike was not a surprise at all like you said everybody knew it was going to be a quarter a surprise would have been something other than a quarter but what what surprised me was not what he said because he was very consistent in what the, yeah. he'd been saying for months which is we're probably going to go for, go farther and he, he he implied that the rate hikes the pace of the rate hikes meaning the that not Instead of going a half, he was going to go a quarter going forward, but it was going to go longer than expected. He said longer than expected. And the markets just acted like he didn't say that. <laughs> In fact, bonds rallied a full point that day. Interest rates came down a quarter. The 30-year fixed rate mortgage came down a quarter, and I was rather surprised. And then, of course, the next day they held steady, but everybody waited for the non-farm payroll, so I'll
0: let you go on. Well, yeah, yeah. I do want to get to the payroll uh, number because that's when kind of everyone – snapped out of their trance it, it was. was like wait but Powell did actually say that but-
1: I, I have to say this i actually heard you know who jeff jeff gunlock is yes he's a he's a bond fund manager billionaire and he actually said when even though he admitted that the fed said what they said he said well they're it, it, powell's body language was different <laughs> i heard him say that with my own two eyes I, I heard him it's like so instead of we're just not going to pay attention to what the federal reserve said we're just going to go on and act like you know
0: well, I mean, when when you want to see a result, you're going to try and find that result anywhere. I guess. And so I guess the market just, they just want something positive. Even though there's po- positive data, we're going to get to it. But they were just looking for something. So, you know, we had the meeting. Jerome Powell said what he said. The market reacted like he didn't say that. And then two days later, we got the non-farm payroll, which blew out of the water what economists were projecting. They were projecting um, somewhere around uh, 185,000 jobs. We got 517000 over number. half a million. We haven't seen a number like that since February 2022. It was three times what they were expecting. And like I said, everyone snapped out of their trance and went, oh, maybe the labor market is still hot. Maybe we are going to continue to see rate hikes. And then everyone kind of reacted like you expected. And then we saw stocks react, bonds react. But it was just kind of amazing that if everyone had realized what Pal said on Wednesday – all we did was get back to kind of where we were um, by the start of the next week. So it was just kind of like this dip, and then we went right back. It was just it was very weird.
1: Well, I've heard rumors in the past that the, the Federal Reserve gets the payroll numbers three days before uh-huh. they actually hit the wire, which in this case would have been before the Fed made their announcement. Yes, because the Fed made their announcement on Wednesday of that week, and the the payroll number always comes out most of the time comes out the first Friday of every month. So so. You know, Powell knew it was coming, and and the markets— Allegedly.
0: Allegedly knew it was coming. (laughs) Allegedly. Excuse me.
1: So we keep—I know we're we're repeating because it was really rather incredulous. The Fed said one thing, and the market acted completely like they said another. And like Tyler said, Friday morning at 830 when we got the non farm payroll number, everybody was like, whoa. You know, they snapped out of whatever trance they were in. And and then not only did we lose all of the gains in bonds that we gained on Wednesday after the Fed meeting, we lost all that on Friday and lost the same amount again on Monday. So the 30-year fix was flirting with uh, 6% on uh, the 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 afternoon of the Fed meeting and now we're flirting with six and a half, six and five eights.
0: And what's interesting about the jobs report is it was it was broad based. I mean pretty much every industry saw gains. It wasn't like, you know, one sector. I mean leisure and hospitality saw the biggest jump, but everyone saw it. And I think that maybe one of the reasons why the markets react a certain way is because I mean let's face it, you're talk, we're talking about people on TV, analysts, um, And media companies have taken a hit recently. Tech companies have taken a hit recently. And that just gets kind of maybe exaggerated because of the way things get reported. And so people thought, oh, my gosh, like all these layoffs are happening. But the layoffs in media and tech are being far countered by what's happening in the other aspects of the economy that are much bigger. And so that's kind of, I think, one of the... It's been misleading to a lot of analysts out there because they're in this world where they're seeing a lot of layoffs. But then these reports come out kind of what's I don't want to say the real world, because that is the real world. But the other part of the economy is not seeing anything close to layoffs.
1: Here's my overall kind of the way I see this whole move in interest rates over the last, what has it been, a year and a half? Mm -hmm. How long have they been raising rates? We've been at 0% interest rates, or at least the Federal Reserve has been at 0% interest rates for most of the last 15 years. Yeah. And the markets are kicking and screaming as they're being dragged <laughs> to higher interest rates to the point where they're just not even paying attention. And, and, and now, I mean, we've talked about it before on this, on this show that the Federal Reserve, I think Powell knows he made a mistake when he used the word transitory. And now he, you know, when he invoked Paul Volcker, when he quoted Paul Volcker, he made it clear, rates are going higher till inflation is gone. Yeah. And granted, the inflation numbers, which you'll get into, the inflation numbers have been better almost every month since the peak of, what, 9.1% yes. on the CPI? but but we're still at 6.4%. Yep, that's the number. I mean last we're, number. we're still at 6.4%. So that still means that prices year over year from a year ago or year over year yep. f- have gone up 6.4%, so we're getting there, but we're not we're not there yet. And the Fed has told us that, so you know, be prepared for some higher at least short-term interest rates.
0: Well, yeah, and so that's that's always kind of the three-part story that's happening every month. Or I should say the two-parter Every once in a while, we get a Fed meeting, which makes it kind of a three-part story. So we have the Fed meeting, we got the jobs numbers, and then everyone's always looking for what's happening with CPI, and we got that this week, and it was not good. Um, We were expecting to see inflation year over year fall to 6.2%. It actually fell, it only fell to 6.4%, and the jump month over month was a 0.5% increase which was the biggest increase that we've seen since October. And if you analyze that half a point increase, that's 6%. So that's exactly where we are. So this was not a good number. Um, There wasn't really anything in the report that you could find, you know, core, same thing, a little higher than they were expecting um, a big, um, I think it was a half a percent increase as well. So this report kind of Um, backed up what we saw in the jobs report, which is we have a hot economy and that's why prices are still up. And that is going to lead Jerome Powell to be like, we're not even close to being done raising rates.
1: And, you know, Powell has said that he, he will accept 5% unemployment. Where are we at 3.2?
0: Uh, yeah th- oh, three point4 4. three point four percent
1: Un- unemployment so it's unfortunate that that's the way it has to be it has to be well we're going to we're going to drive some some job losses but you know that's what it takes to, to kill inflation is it takes because if we get wage wage inflation then we have a whole other problem on our yeah. hands and you know but that's the conundrum we're, we're all trying to figure out why do we have why is the labor market so strong why we know there's been a lot of people that have fallen out of the workforce you know, due to due, for permanent retirement due to COVID. You yeah. know, I, I mean, it's just my guess. People that saved enough for retirement but wanted to work a couple more years. Once COVID hit, they were like, "Nah, you know what? <laughs>
0: we're just gonna go to Hawaii." So, well, they're also their houses significantly increased. And I I think when all is said and done, the average home price was up about 40%. So people all of a sudden had much more equity. They could immediately sell their home, move somewhere else, and they're like, hey, why not retire? Why not do that? And, And that's reflected in the numbers. I mean, the early retirements... Back up, why we continue to see a shortage in the labor market um, versus where we were pre-COVID. Um, now, could some of those people come back out of retirement if, if because now we've seen some asset deflation with regards to the stock market and home prices in some higher cost areas. But for the most part, you know this economy is still going kind of in, in a little too hot of a direction.
1: Well, overall, the good news is is that higher interest rates are the cure for higher interest rates. You yeah. know, the Fed is we're we're to the end of this. We are assuming that inflation finally gets under control. The Fed has reduced inflation by, what is that? By a third, Mm -hmm. right? So they just have to stay higher longer than what they expect. Now, I think a lot of people expected by this time, the Fed might be cutting. And there are people that thought that, As of last at the last Fed meeting, what two two Wednesdays ago, they felt that the Fed might be cutting next, even though the Fed said we're going to go. You know, we're stunned by that, as we keep telling you. But, you know, the Fed is clearly going to have to continue on until they see inflation. I say until it gets under four percent. I mean, their target is two. But there are people out there that believe that the Fed is also may change their target. But two percent is their target. And we're that's a two thirds reduction from where we are now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it should be noted that the last jobs report, through that three point four percent unemployment number, I think, is the lowest since the '60s. Fifty years,
1: yeah,
0: Yeah. it's about a little bit almost sixty years, and that, (laughs) you know, if you're Jerome Powell and you're worried about a hot labor market, hearing that unemployment's the lowest it's been in fifty years, um, that's going to kind of prove the point that yeah, we're we are we are not done hiking, and that's one of the debates that you're hearing is is originally it was thought okay, right around. Five percent, maybe a little bit over five percent. Now people are saying maybe the final, you know, terminal rate or whatever—I believe, I think that's what it's called—is going to be closer to five and a half or maybe six percent. And so that would mean we we are going to see a couple more hikes before this is all said and done.
1: Well, we know that we're we're getting two more by their own by their own numbers because right now they're at five point one percent by the end of the year. We're at four and three quarters right now. So there's two more hikes that are already pretty much baked in these are expected the question is what are they going to do beyond that and I think by the time they get there we're going to have three more CPI numbers and three more payroll reports so it's all about the data those are the two important numbers and that's why we keep talking about them at on this podcast you know t- we've decided that the two important numbers are the non-farm payroll number that comes out the first Friday every month and the CPI which I don't know when that comes out it
0: comes yeah, so it's always somewhere time in the middle of the month um I did want to talk about some of the housing data because it it is sort of interesting that, you know, most of the economy is running very hot and housing has significantly cooled off. I mean, there's no doubt you can look at every report, all data sets. Housing has cooled off and the latest Case-Shiller number that we get at the end of every month. So we got this at the end of January. This is looking, of course, at December. (laughs) So Case-Shiller is a little bit behind, but they had nationally home price growth falling to 6.9%, you know, year over year. So we're still positive, at least at the end of 2022. Many believe that we're going to be pretty much flat, maybe a little bit, um, you know, in the negative for the first time since, I think, 2012. Uh, maybe 2011 was the last time we saw a year over year negative number. Uh, it's been a while. We've, we've never gone this long without seeing a negative number. So we are seeing that um, easing in housing, which I think is comforting, to a lot of home buyers out there who, for the longest time, you were seeing multiple offers on homes, people overbidding on homes, home prices skyrocketing. We're finally we know that month over month home prices in, in many markets are, are, are dipping. Um, but it it does show that we are seeing the cooling. And this is drone pals mentioned this that we do need to see cooling in the housing market. He was very worried about that. Six eight months ago, well, he and got so that. he wanted this to happen. He got that. He did. <laughs> he, did
1: he got the cooling. That. You know, but I really believe that the cooling of the housing market, at least in North Carolina, because yeah. every every market is in, an, in and to itself. Yeah. You know, It's regional, local, more local than even regional. Mm-hmm. And we just don't have inventory here. Again, common theme. We talked about it on a manager's meeting that we had today. There's no inventory. There are people that I know that I have pre-approved that would buy houses. They cannot find a house.
0: Yeah. Well, that and there's actually... National data from Altos—they um, do weekly data. They, they chart it weekly. And housing national numbers started the year at 500,000. It has now fallen to 443,000. They thought we were going to see a little dip in January, and then things were going to come back up in February. They were wrong. And what they, is they even, what is that number? The, so it was at 500 start the year. What the inventory? Inventory. Oh my god. Um, homes available across the country. It's fallen to 443,000, but it's important to note that we are seeing an explosion of inventory in some markets like Austin, Phoenix. So if we're seeing big inventory jumps in the hotter markets, like sort of the boom towns that are now kind of correcting themselves, You apply that to the numbers, it shows you just how bad it is in other markets. Because if you're seeing over inventory in some markets and the national number is still down, that means the markets where there's a shortage, it is a really bad shortage.
1: It's a bad shortage. But that number stuns me, that 400 and some thousand.
0: Yeah, I Because
1: I remember seeing a Barry Habib data when probably a year and a half ago. And he said that at that time there was a million dollar, excuse me, million inventory.
0: Yeah. Millions about, it depends on what number you go with. Cause the national association of realtors, I think has the number closer to a million altos has whatever formula they use. But yeah, I think national association of realtors likes to see it between a million, five, a million and altos, I think is around a million. So it shows you that we're about 50% under what a normal kind of housing market should be. And in markets like this one here in Wilmington, Southeastern North Carolina. I, yeah. I mean, I, I look at Zillow every day and it amazes me. You're l- lucky if you get one or two listings and then immediately if they're, if, if they're a good listing, they're gone. Yeah. So I mean, it's, yeah. it's uh it, it is kind of surprising. And I did want to kind of end on this one because we got a home builder confidence numbers as well. And HomeBuilder Confidence, which, of course, hit lows that we hadn't seen in, I think, you know, 10 years in December, jumped up for the first time in January, first time in 12 months. We now saw the biggest month-over-month increase since December 2001. Wow. Yeah, it was a seven-point increase to the index of 42, um, still below 50, so we're, we're not back to kind of break even. But we saw a huge jump, and I think it just, it just goes to show, like – how kind of bizarre things are in housing. I mean, because, you know, we saw a big a big drop in 2020, then a big jump up in 2020. And I should say that we did see a big jump up in 2020. This number was compared to, you know, after the pandemic or before the pandemic. And the last time we saw a jump this big was 2001, which was right after 9-11, which you would explain you saw a dip and then a big jump up. And so it's weird that we saw this big jump down and this big jump up without you know, a pandemic or, you know, a terrorist attack. This just happened because the economy is just kind of out of whack right now that we saw lows and then a huge jump up.
1: Well, and again, this is Barry Habib data that I saw a year and a half ago where he Mm -hmm. said we only had a million in inventory at the time. You know, at, at that same time, he said that the builders quit building in 2008. You know, uh, and I don't want to I am not in any way making this as a comparison to 2008. It is not, (laughs) you know, but but back then the builders quit building and and they quit building for six or seven years. By and large, there was first time homebuyer units being built because if you recall, there was a seventy five hundred dollar tax credit a direct tax credit if you bought a house. And now we're feeling the effects of that, That where the builders just didn't build. And add to that that we had a baby boom in the, in the early 90s. We now have, we have well, his numbers then were 14 million more households than we had in 2008. And at, at that time, a f- one fourth of the supply.
0: Well, the, the, I believe it was Freddie Mac. Um, don't quote me, but there was a paper that came out not too long ago that said that the United States housing market is 4 million homes underbuilt that we have been chronically underbuilding since probably the eighties. And what's crazy is that the big explosion that we saw in home building, the recent one in, 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 in 2021, that those numbers took us back to the, I think the average in the seventies. So what everyone saw was craziness in the housing market. Look at all these homes being built was what was, Normally happening in the 70s, and we've just slowly kind of dropped that rate. And so, yeah, I mean, depending on what number you look at, I think the National Association of Realtors says like two million homes underbuilt, but no one thinks we're overbuilt. There's no. no one out there. It's just the degree is to which we are underbuilt, anywhere from you know one to, to four million homes. So the fact that we are seeing some some home builder confidence come back is great especially places like where we are, where um, it'd be nice to see some price relief in some of the homes. So having some new ones out there would definitely do that. So um, it like I said, it just goes to show kind of this 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 interesting economy that we're in where home builder confidence is almost back to break even after hitting a low in December. So home builder confidence is back. We're seeing some um, pickup in, in mortgage demand. We've talked about that. January was a good month. February looks to be pretty good. So it's, it's, it's uh, as we always say, when it comes to buying a home, it's how you feel about the economy, not so much what we tell you what's going on or, <laughs> or, what, or what an economist on CNBC says.
1: So like we ended the, the podcast last time, go buy a house because if rates continue to go higher, you're going to be happy you bought a house now. And yeah. and guess what? If rates go down and you don't buy a house now, there's all these people that are waiting just for that. They they think that they're going to wait till rates go back down to the fives. So you're going to be competing against those people who are are just not going to buy a house now for whatever reason. So if you buy a house now, you'll beat the rush when rates go down. And instead of out you know, shopping against the masses, you'll be refinancing your mortgage at that time. So buy yeah. a house now.
0: Yeah, I know uh, Connor said had a good piece in Bloomberg in which he he noted that what's sort of happening with housing is, is when rates jump up, you know, people wait and it gets this sort of pent up demand. And then when rates fall, everyone rushes back in to buy a home. And so if you can get one now, you know, buying now at maybe a slightly higher rate, knowing that you're going to be able to refi, you are going to be able to beat the rush because there are people out there that want to buy and either can't find a home or rates are just a little too high. So if if rates fall, you're going to see kind of a mad dash and, and beaten uh, all those people to market. Probably a good idea. <laughs> all right. We're going to close it out. Uh, we will talk to you again in March. Hopefully, things are a little less crazy with the economy, but the way things are going, I don't know if that's a safe bet to make. Uh, But we'll talk to you guys in March. And remember, as always, if you are interested in buying a home, give us a call. Uh, Go to our website, townbankmortgage.com. We can help you out if you have any questions about the home buying process. Whether it's a crazy economy or not, we can can help you out. And so uh, give us a call. Go to the website. Email us whatever you got to do. And uh, we will talk to you again in March.
1: Until then.